Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Imagine being a country music singer-songwriter for over four decades and writing over 500 songs, and then one of your songs hits number two on the new country music charts. It blows me away, you guys. That is exactly what just happened with our next guest, Dennis Welch. The song he wrote called Why Not Me has not only climbed the charts the past few months, but has also been nominated for multiple Grammy Awards. And as you will hear... We just had to give Dennis some much-needed advice obviously, on what he should say yes. in his acceptance speech when he does win a Grammy Award. I mean, we totally know how to answer this. Obviously. Right? The advice we give, I think, is amazing. Yes, and he appreciated it. I think he did. Can't wait for you guys to hear this song in our conversation with Dennis Welch. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. There's a mountain wide and high. It reaches halfway to the sky. And in my heart I know that I'm supposed to climb. All the fears down in my soul Tell me that I might lose control But no matter what they say I'm climbing Steph, I am excited for us to be able to have this next conversation. You had a conversation with him. You had a phone call. A couple weeks ago. And I've been anxiously awaiting this next conversation because well, you were, how well that went. Well, you said you had this phone call with this gentleman and you said, Steph, it was one of the best conversations I've ever had on a phone call. I was expecting a maximum 15 minutes and we talked over an hour, which as you know, that's not, that is very rare. It's I don't, so rare with you. I don't talk like that unless we're on a podcast. Quite honestly. I mean, I'm lucky if I get a text from you. So the <laughs> so fact that he hour. had an hour focused time with you, he I had, need to figure out how he did that. He had my attention. Yes. Yes. So friends, our next guest holds many, many titles. He is a husband, father, author, speaker, songwriter, recording artist. Let me take a breath. <laughs> And CEO of Articulate, a PR and communications company in Austin, Texas. And today, his today. song, ah! Why Not Me, hit number one on the country indie music singles chart. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. Dennis Welsh. Dennis, congratulations! Yes, sir. Oh, if my mother were still alive, she'd be really proud of that. Okay. <laughs> that is fan. That's unbelievable. Like, were you, like, who told you? Who told you you hit number one? How do you find that out? Were you jumping up and down? I would be jumping up and down if it was me. I would be searching on a website, refresh, 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 (laughs) until it posts. Oh, see, I wish it was like that, but the whole thing is a miracle. It's just a miracle. The guy who recorded it, he's on Facebook, and he's really good at doing self-promotion, you know? And so every Friday, he gets these charts from this thing called New Music Weekly, which monitors mid-market stations across the country. And so what's really funny is a couple of like three weeks ago, it dropped from number four 
down to number eight, and he makes an announcement and says, you know, I think we're coming in for a landing now. This is going to drop out of the top 10, yada, yada, right? And then the next week, it starts moving back up again, and it now it's the number two song on their main like national country chart, and it's the number one song on the independent chart. And uh, he's as flabbergasted as anybody. And I, you know, I just think it's a God thing, honestly. So very cool. That's how you find out. You you find it on Facebook like you do everything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys, this is such a cool song because it honors our first responders. It does. I mean, what a timely song to just honor these incredible first responders who truly need to be appreciated. And I believe, Dennis, correct me if I'm wrong, but the royalties to the song or a portion of it goes to first responders. Is that correct? Yes, you're right. And so that was Tony's decision to do that. So, and I, and I, of course, was completely behind it. But what he did was he recorded the song and then he wanted to do a video for it. And we, we talked about it and I said, look, you know what? You should do, do what you're passionate about. Do what you care about. And so he put together this video that honors first responders. And, you know, honestly, it's crazy because when you watch the video, it looks like I was looking at the video when I wrote the lyrics. Yes. Yes, yes. it does. It just it gets perfectly an ocean deep and blue and he's got all the police out there and everything. It's really incredible. And that, that video has about 125,000 views now. And the song is just, I guess it's just connected with people, you know, and it, you know, my version of it will be on this new record when it, when it happens. So, so the song is called Why Not Me? And of course, yes. huge congratulations to you. But when, you. when did you actually write this? So I wrote it towards the end of 2019, right before all the COVID stuff happened. And I, I think I told you the story in our other conversation, Kevin, you know, I've been writing my whole life like this. And every so often I make a record and it sells copies to my family and stuff. And yeah, but, I, but when I go into a room to write, I write as if Adele is sitting outside I mean, or Sting is waiting for the song. I mean, I'm very serious about it. Right. And so I write this song and Susie, who's heard everything for 41 years, she hears me writing it on the piano, which I, I don't play piano very well, but it was the first song I've really written on the piano. And she comes and knocks on the door one night and she says, okay, that's enough. I've heard this to the door now. I'd like to actually hear it. And she sits down beside me and I sing the song to her. And when I finished, she looked at me and she said, it's the best song you've ever written. Wow. And she's a tough room. Okay. She's heard everything. And she said, what are you going to do with it? I said, I don't know what to do with it. So in January of that year, we're driving through Nashville and I have, we have great friends. Uh, one of my friends plays a little river band. He's this kid, a kid, he's probably in his late forties who came to Nashville from Georgia and he can do anything. He's a, he's a great guitar player. He wouldn't be playing a little river band if he wasn't great. Right. He's a great producer. He writes great songs. He's an engineer and he's nice looking too. I mean, it just doesn't seem fair. Right. And so we're sitting in a Mexican restaurant with him and his wife and their kids. And he goes, hey, what are you working on? And I said, well, you know, he goes, no, no, I know you're always working on something. So what do you got? And I said, well, I got this new song. Susie says the best thing I've ever done. And I don't know what to do with it. And he goes, well, won't you sing it to me? And I said, here in the Mexican restaurant? And he goes, yes, I want to hear it. Sing it a cappella." So I started singing. There's a mountain wide and high reaches halfway to the sky. So I start singing it. 
And I get through the first verse and chorus, and he puts his hand up like this, and he's emotional. And he goes, hey, man, I'm supposed to help you with this. Did you know that? And I said, not till five seconds ago. And he goes, no, I am. He goes, let me produce the demo. You sing the song. I said, you don't want some hotshot Nashville singer? He goes, no, I want you to sing it. So we produced a demo and I sent it out to five people and Tony was one of them. And he's a, he's been in Nashville for 30 years. He's a veteran. He's a producer. He owns his own record company. I didn't even know he was recording his own stuff. I thought he would use it for one of his artists. Right. And so he sends me a note says, may I call you? And he calls me and he says, hey, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe in God. And he said about 20 seconds into this song, I felt like God had sent me this song. And he said, I, I, I think a lot of famous people will sing it before it's over with. But I'm going to ask you if you'll let me let me have it first. I'll take good care of it. And you know what? He wasn't kidding. I mean, he, what he's done has been beyond the pale. So so God's smarter than us. That's my lesson. That's my takeaway from that. There's no way I could have caused all this to happen. And this thing going back up to number one and two and all that, that's he's never, I don't think he's ever had anything like that happen. So it's you know, it's it's not something we did. But I think it's a good song, you know. It's a great good, song. Good doesn't describe the song. It is a amazing it's a song. Amazing song. So when you sat down and started writing it, did you instantly think of first responders? You know what? Not at all. I mean, that's that was all Tony's thinking to do that with the video. What I was thinking about was what I say to people all the time. I think I have the gift of exhortation. I'm the encourager in my world. People start falling apart. They call me and say, can I do this? And my answer is always, why not you? Why can't you, you know, why are you waiting for somebody else to do it? Hmm. You should do this. And so what this thing has done is it's exponentialized that message. And I told somebody, somebody said, well, you know, what about how, how many you sold and how many downloads? And I said, you know what? I said, I have a different definition for success. I said, you know what? I'm hoping there's at least one person who is going to, they were going to quit their job. They were going to stop doing what they're doing and everything. And they heard this song and they woke up the next morning and put their boots on and went back to work and finished what they started. I said, if that happened, then I, I don't really care what else happens to this song. That's totally, I'm fine with that. So I think that's probably happening. And that's probably why it's being played a thousand times a week across the country. I think the message is resonating with people. And that's, listen, if you're called to something and this kind of thing happens, it's the greatest thing on a scale of one to 10 for satisfaction. It's a 20. Mm. It, it's, there's nothing like it. And I'm sure you've had this kind of thing happen. It's just, you know, that it's, it's not you. It's, it's God. So yeah. Dennis, since you've released this single, when was it released? Was it January? So, yeah. So the, the record, the, his, his version of the song came out in January. Okay. It's been on this chart since February. It's been in the top 10 on all of those charts for 14 weeks. Oh my. And it just keeps moving and going up and down and all that. It just won't go away. So, so going back to what you said though, since the release in January, what has been some of the stories then of people who have listened to it? Because I have seen some of the comments on Facebook, which has been pretty cool to see, but can you share some yeah. of the feedback you've gotten or things that have happened since they've heard this song? You know, we need to be inspired every day. I don't know about you, but but I can talk myself out of things pretty easily. And so what this song, the message really is just an extension of what I, I hope that I do for people, which is to say, look, you can do this. So let me give you an example. 
So I had a friend who's a big shot motivational speaker with the public schools, with teachers. He heard the song. He called me immediately and he said, Dennis, let me tell you a story. He goes, when I go in the first grade and I say, how many of you can be an astronaut? He says, you know how many hands go up? Every hand. It doesn't matter what I say. Everybody can do everything, right? He said, as an experiment, I also asked those same questions in the fifth grade. And he said, you know how many hands go up? Almost none. By fifth grade. Yes. And he said, here's why. Because somebody in their circle has told them that they can't. It breaks my heart to even say that. So their dreams are already squashed by the time they're in the fifth grade. And so this song says, shed your naysayers and do what you are here for. I'm 65, man. I'm on Medicare. I should I should be sitting on my front porch and smoking a cigar or something. I shouldn't be <laughs> like this, right? But you know what? But I, I, I'm going to die on a Friday night. That's what I want so that I can get a full weekend, right? A whole week. <laughs> I don't want to miss a minute. And then you know what? They can replace me over the weekend and start over again on Monday. But anyway. Dennis, this is what needs to be in our school systems. Like stuff like that needs to be in our schools, not some of the other things that they're trying to push in our kids. This is what needs to be pushed on our kids. All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, Obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. (laughs) What's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? (laughs) A distant second. <laughs> totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes & Noble. Yes, and? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. So, Steph, here's a direct quote from Dennis that I picked up from one of his books. Okay, so I, I will get into some facts on him, but this goes right along the line with what you just said. Quote, for one thing, regret is a lot worse than failure. You can't fix the things you've never tried. If I fail, I can pick myself up dust myself off, and start over again. I can live with that. I can't bear the thought of not even trying and always wondering if I could have done that, whatever that is. Mm. There's so many regrets that people live with, and I totally agree with that. Look, you know, I worked for Gallup for a long time, and they, they asked the same question. The question is, at work, I get to do what I do best every day. Only one person in five answers yes to that question. 80% of people are doing stuff every day that's not what they're wired to do, but it gives them a paycheck, right? So one time I was standing outside of a meeting room when I was still working for Gallup, and it was just me and Don Clifton. Well, Don Don was the grandfather of positive psychology, invented the strengths finder. This guy, there were no more mountains to climb. He was almost 80 years old at the time. And so, but it was never just me and him. And so we're standing outside. I said, hey, Don, look here. It's just you and me. I said, why don't you tell me the most profound thing you can tell me in two minutes? And he got a big smile on his face and he held his finger up like this. And he said, 
Dennis, every single person on the planet can do at least one thing better than 10,000 other people. Mm. That's, that's the good news. The bad news is most people have no idea what that one thing is. Huh. And what I hope is, I hope that the people in my circle, including my children, my grandchildren, my wife, friends, I hope that they are inspired to figure out what their one thing is. And by the way, it's not easy because there's a lot of places in my life where if, if you look at it, you go, wow, that, that looks like abject failure. And it really wasn't. It was me being stopped because there was something right here in my periphery I would have never noticed if I had just kept hurtling forward. And then I think, okay, well, that's where God's taking me. You know what? You guys are doing that. That's what this podcast and everything's all writing books and stuff. You didn't think about that, did you? No. 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 Not at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I did not want to write a book. It took a lot. You're right. Well, look, to me, that's the, the mystery of obedience is that God's not required to give me the entire roadmap before I start. He just says, follow me and let's see what happens. You're going to be amazed. It's cool because our, our pastors talk a lot about what you're speaking about right now. And they always say, just say yes. Whatever yes. God's calling you, just say yes. Yep. And he's going to direct you. It's not going to be easy. But if you say yes, that's the first step. And it's unfortunate. I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, man, I lived a safe life. I mean, that's not cool. That's not a great life. I don't think. Anyway. You're right. I mean, if you were to walk into a nursing home right now and you went bed to bed, room to room, talking to people who may have something terminal and you ask them about their biggest regret, it's going to be, I played it safe. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee that's going to be the probably good. the biggest regret that's is good. I played it safe and I, I wasted time. I wasted my life. Yeah. I had this skill. I had this talent this, that God had given I, me. And I never pursued it. I didn't pursue it because I was scared. Because I, w- I was scared. Because I was scared. Right. 100%. Well, and you know what? I, I had a client who was a big shot with NASCAR. Okay. And he was referred to me by another former client, uh, Bob Odin, The Power of Who. If you hadn't read The Power of Who, you should read it. It's fantastic. But anyway, this guy started calling me. And he's like a big PR guy with NASCAR. He was printing money. And he became a believer and started thinking about his life. And so after about six or seven months of big conversations, he leaves NASCAR writes a book about saving and protecting your reputation called Reputation Shift, and then goes out to speak and do other stuff. Well, Susie and I were coming through Carolina about the time all this happened, and he's like, oh boy, he goes, "Uh, let my wife and I take you out to dinner while you're in town. Well, I wasn't sure I even wanted to meet his wife, to be honest with you. I'm like, wait, I don't know about the paycheck part. So, (laughs) well, Right. And so would you be nervous if you had been counseling this guy? Hey, I'm not telling you what to do, but you know, the Lord will tell you and blah, blah, blah. And then he leaves and then he leaves. I'm like, oh no. So anyway, so we get to the restaurant and his wife comes up to me and instead of slugging me, which is what I thought she would do, she hugged me, the sweet hug, and she thanked me. She said, look, I just want you to know how grateful I am that you talked with him and got him to follow his heart. And uh-huh. I said, well, uh, uh, that's, this is not what I expected, just so you know. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, so here's the upshot of that. So a year later, we were here in Georgia for our annual sojourn down here for a month. And I get a call from him. And he goes, look, I know you're getting ready to leave town. I know you're busy. I won't keep you. I just want to tell you something interesting. He said, 
It has been just one year, and I am completely overwhelmed with opportunities. Wow. And he said, and not one of them was visible while I was standing on the shore. And I thought, you know what? That's the best explanation of faith and following I've ever heard. He said, as I started walking into the water, they opened up and it was happening, you know. And I just think that's what we're doing. That's what y'all are doing. And it's not safe. Uh, to people on the outside, you know what, but to Jesus, it's it's the safest place in the world we could be. And you get the joy of these kind of conversations you would yes. never have if you're right. sitting in Ford Motor Company's corner office up there, you wouldn't have this. And so what a blessing. So that is so true. So right. That is so true. In my case, I've been writing songs for 50 years. And now all of a sudden, it's, it's like a joke in Nashville. They're like, isn't this guy on Medicare? <laughs> yeah, as of January, I'm on Medicare. I'm the, I'm the Medicare songwriter. Yes. <laughs> Kevin, do you like to help your friends out? It depends. If our friends are asking me to help them move, then no, I absolutely do not like to help my friends out. <laughs> but what if your friend had a weekly radio show and podcast? And just wanted you to tell someone about it. Yes, I could totally do that. That is much easier than me trying to carry a piano down into a basement, which has happened to me in the past, and you know who you are. (laughs) Friends, we are not asking you to carry a piano for us, but if you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about Forget it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And have a great day. But regardless, thank you for listening. <laughs> so Dennis, let me brag on you here. So for most of our guests, we go through a list of fun facts, accomplishments, and I tried to cut this down as much as I could for you, okay? And as I was going through this, I'm like, holy cow, when does Dennis sleep? Oh my gosh. So Steph, you don't know any of this, okay? Nope. You so let me know. I did it. I, I did this intentionally, okay? Yeah. So Dennis, of course, lives in Austin, Texas with his wife, Susie, of 41 years. He has two sons, Daniel and Dylan. And of course, we know he is friends with the Russian mafia man himself, Joserio. Who, by the way, we had dinner with last night. Yep. And we met him for the very first time, Dennis. And you guys are like neighbors. Yes, we are. He's right across the street from me. How crazy is that? I had no idea. I know. It's, it is crazy. Listen, Joe Serio, he goes, wow. He goes, you you need to meet these people. And he was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, I'm thrilled he connected us. So Dennis here got his bachelor's degree and MBA from the University of Houston. He has been a recording artist with his own independent record deals, has recorded four CDs himself, and soon to be fifth CD. He's a professional songwriter for almost five decades, like you mentioned, and step, he has written over 500 songs. Wow. Over 500 songs. So Dennis, what is it like when you have an artist, a musician, come to you and say, hey, can I please record this song? What is that like? There's no way to describe it. There's such joy. It's hard to describe because this work is an extension of yourself. And so somebody comes along and says, man, I I can't stop thinking about that song. I'd like to record it. And, And then they tell you the story 
Many times there's a story attached to it. Like I wrote a song a few years ago. It's going to be on this new record called Worth My Time. I wrote it with Alan Shamblin, who is, he's a Hall of Fame songwriter. Wrote, I Can't Make You Love Me for Bonnie Raitt, The House That Built Me, He Walked on Water. All those are his things. And so we recorded a demo of the song. And then over time, nobody recorded that song. We really didn't shop it. Well, one night my phone blows up and it's Dolly Parton's producer and she is his his assistant is saying, "Hey, listen, one of one of Kent's artists wants to record worth my time." And I'm like, "Well, praise God, from whom all blessings flow, it's about dang time." So, <laughs> uh, so, so they record it, and Susie and I are coming through Nashville uh, a month or two after it's done. And I call Kent's people and I say, "Hey, look, we are coming through town. We don't want to bother anybody. We just want to stop by for a minute and just thank him." For, for recording the song, give him a hug. I'm like, oh yeah, come on by. So when we got there, the studio waiting area was filled with people. So they're all there to meet me. We, we go in the studio and goes, would you like to hear a version of the song? It's like, that is a rhetorical question, of course. <laughs> but here was her story. She said, listen, I got out of the music business. I was sick of it. I was tired of doing it. And I heard the song and she said, I took a year off and during this year, I could not stop thinking about this song. And she says, they even went to Kentucky, but love wasn't in Kentucky. And so that little conversation right there is like jet fuel. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow. So you were so touched by this that a year went by and you came back to the music business and you chose my song. You know what? I, that's the greatest. That's got to be one of the great days of my life. So it's that's what it's like. It's hard to describe, but it's awesome. Okay, so on, on the flip side, though, have you had somebody do your song and you're like, what the flip was that? What, you just trashed my song. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, I've been lucky, man. I, you know, I haven't had a lot of songs cut by other people because I've, I've recorded them mostly. Okay. But these days, that's what I want to happen is I, I don't I have no aspirations as an artist. I'm making a record because I want somebody to come pick it clean and record all those songs, right? But so far, I would say every song that's been cut by somebody else has been magnificent. And I, I'm grateful for that. But, you know, once people go in the studio, you really don't have any, you don't have any say so as a writer over how they do it. They could, unless it's a rap version and they're going to say word or something that's such a departure, you, you, you don't have any say so over it. So you just have to, when you do it, you have to hope. And it helps me to talk to the producer and kind of hear their vision because I know they I know that Kent Wells, for example, I know he knows what he's doing. He's not going to do something crazy, you know. So so we've been lucky. Uh, but I mean, look, if we get enough songs cut, there's going to be one of those. We have what the flip is at least one of the things we might say. <laughs> right. So when you pass on a song. Are they allowed to tweak a chorus or tweak a line of the, the actual words? Or is it, it, it is what it is, no. and, and they take it musically from there? Yeah, they can do arrangement changes, but they can't change lyrics, and they can't do anything without my permission. So some friends of ours in Georgia wanted to use a song in a wedding called We Used to Love Me, and the woman dies in the first measure. <laughs> so they called me and said, listen, our daughter loves We Used to Love Me and wants you to sing it in her wedding. She goes, but could you happy it up a little bit? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll try. Happy is kind of difficult, but I'll work on it. And so I, so I wrote a separate set of lyrics for this song 
that people can now pick and choose between the two sets of verses, you know. But no, they can't just make wholesale changes. That's not that's, cool. That's interesting. Yeah. So if he puts the name Susie in there for his wife, nobody can change it to Barbara or something mm-hmm. without his permission. That's right. Okay, so continue with my list. Fun facts. Fun facts here. So, two of his songs will be the title tracks for albums that will be released this year. Why Not Me by Tony Mantor and Worth My Time by Erica Nicole. Very cool. So, literally, the title songs for those albums. The song Why Not Me, like Dennis said, currently number two on the new Music Weekly Country Chart and number one on the Country Indie Music Singles Chart. It's been viewed over 125,000 times on YouTube. And it's made the Grammy ballot for best song and best country song. What? 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How I mean, look, it was I'm more excited right now than you are, Dennis. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. It's been a good day. <laughs> yeah. Come on. So, so early, early on, let me just explain so, so you don't think I'm, I'm getting my limo and heading out there. Although I will tell you that. That I joked with Susie that I had written my Grammy speech, which got a big laugh. But early on, there was some committee at the Grammys that heard the song and said, "This we, we have to put this on the list of potential best song, period, and then best country song. And I'm sitting in my office working, doing my day job, and I get on my phone, my phone starts blowing up. And it's people saying, well, congratulations, man, you know, for making a Grammy ballot. So what in the world? And I started looking, and sure enough, Tony's record company submitted it. And I thought, well, maybe he knows people. And I was kind of poo-pooing the whole thing. And he called me and said, don't do that. He goes, these committees, they take this very seriously. They don't, you don't get through their screeners unless you have something. So I told Susie after a month or two, I said, look, you know, I said, I'm probably not going to win a Grammy. I said, but I've already written my speech. And she said, oh boy, I can't, you know, can't wait to hear this. Okay. With all the irony dripping And so I said, here's my Grammy speech. I said, I'm going to hold up the little trophy and I'm going to say, listen, if you're out there and you've worked a really long time on something and it has not happened yet, keep going because you don't know what's around the next corner. You know what? That's why not me. That's, that's the message. So anyway, I didn't get to use it yet, but I'm hoping that I will maybe next year, you know, Dennis, I thought you were going to say, listen, folks, you can live the dream. You too can be on Medicaid and win a Grammy. <laughs> Medicare. Medicare and win a Grammy. <laughs> Living the dream, folks. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Yes. Mic drop. You're okay. I'm going to lift that word for word. Is that okay? <laughs> yes. Write that down. That's <laughs> not copyrighted, no, okay. is it? not. You can take that for okay. free, Dennis. You are welcome, sir. Thank you. You're a good soul. <laughs> <laughs> so Dennis is currently finishing up his own album called What Love Makes Us Do. And Dennis has been a senior staff writer for the Gallup organization, contributing articles to various publications before starting his own PR and communications firm. And then Dennis here has written two books with a third on the way. And as you can probably guess, is an in-demand speaker. Because I'm listening to you, Dennis. I'm like, okay, I need a video recording of Dennis here. My chin is on my hand. I'm like, what else? Yeah, keep going, Dennis. Keep talking, Dennis. I'm getting fired up here. (laughs) (laughs) look i'll tell you something interesting that's happening with all of this okay i just happened the last couple of weeks Uh, a a guy the last time i saw this guy he introduced me to barbara bush you know and i'm like okay so we don't see each other again for 20 years or something well all of a sudden we're on the phone together 
And and we're talking. He goes, what in the world is going on with you, man? I'm watching Facebook. It's the craziest thing I ever saw. So I tell him the story. And I only got about three-fourths of the way through it. And he goes, stop. He goes, would you come to my men's group in my church? I want you to come talk to them. He said, I've got a whole room full of men who've stopped. They've just given up because they reached a certain age and somebody told them, you know what, you're 55, it's time to start calming down now, you know, kind of thing. And he said, you need to come talk to them. And I I said, look, I think that's part of what I'm here for. Well, Dennis, when we were on the phone, one of the stories you told me is about the book you wrote, and you were so gracious to send us a copy of the book Mm -hmm. called Rich People Shop Here. And it's a book dedicated to your mother, Patsy. I didn't tell Steph this story because I wanted her to hear from you directly. Can you please share what you told me over the phone about your mom and kind of the premise of this book? Well, so her and my dad were both lived really troubled lives for a long time. My dad was told when he was 16 that he was an incurable alcoholic and that he would never be anything but what he was. And he was in and out of jail and all that. And my mother had been married twice before she married him. And so it was kind of a mess. And so my mom started going to church and became a Christian. And eventually my, my dad did as well. And my mother, she was very smart, but she was also kind of nuts. You know, she, <laughs> you know how smart people have all these ticks that they do. And so she would do things. I've got stories in a book about her taking my brothers to the grocery store to buy groceries and coming home without them. <laughs> what? Making a cup of coffee and saying, hey, Dennis, get the, can you get the groceries out of the car? And I go, well, wait a minute. There's other groceries are here, but the children are not here. <laughs> what? <laughs> we forgot a few kids at the grocery store, Mom. <laughs> so, so what happened was over time, there were so many funny stories about her and also poignant things that I just, one day I called her and I said, Mom, look, I'm afraid if I don't get these stories written, They'll never be written. And so I started meeting her every Saturday at her house and I would record two hours and then I would go write the story. And then every other chapter or two, there's a Patsy moment where she's doing something bizarre. But one of the things that I told you, Kevin, was that she, you know, after she passed away in 14, I was always marveling that if she said, hey, Kevin, I'll pray for you. It's like, this is a person who doesn't remember her own children. And she remembers to pray for you every day for the children. Her prayer is answered. How is that possible? Right. So Susie was, you know, we were going through her stuff, trying to find some artifacts for the, for the service. And we find these neatly organized pieces of loose leaf paper in her beautiful handwriting. It would say Kevin and it would put the date. And then here's what, here's what the prayer is about. And then here's the day the prayer was answered. And here's a check mark and PTL. It's the most organized prayer journals I'd ever seen. And so I told Susie, I said, listen, you know what? I need to do this. I, I need to be doing this every morning. I tell people all the time that I'm going to pray. I never do it. I forget about it after two days. And I want to, I want to do this. So one of the greatest things that has happened to me in the last 10 years, honestly, was Susie went out and bought this little book, like a little ledger. It, there's nothing attractive about it. It's become the most attractive book I've ever been involved in. And wow. so on this page, page one is people to pray for, right? The next page is answered prayers. The next page is prayers. The next page is answer prayers. So I'm seven years into it now. It takes me an hour. There are people like my children who've been on there from the very beginning, right? But here's what happens. Every morning at five o'clock, and y'all are on this list, by the way, 
I flip past pages and pages and pages of answered prayers every day. And you know what that does? It reminds me every morning how much God loves me, how much he cares about what I ask him to do, how much he cares about the people in my circle who are hurting or sick or need financial help or whatever. It's just every day. It's done something for my faith to see this. It's like people can argue with me about God if they want to. That's fine. I I don't mind. I'm not intimidated by that. But you can't argue with what happens in this book. You can't. It's like you can't tell me what the statistical probabilities would be of all of these things happening. It's probably zero. They happen all the time. And so the book has done pretty well. And the best part was we got to have a book release party in 2010, the first edition of the book. And mother thought, nobody's going to come to a book release party. I said, you wait. So we thought there would be 50 people in her little senior housing thing. We had 150 people. Oh, my gosh. People were buying 15 and 20 copies and giving them away to people. My mother got up and spoke. She goes, well, I've spoken in front of people, but man, what happened here? I said, mama, people love you. This is what happened. This is what a life of service looks like. And so that might have been the coolest outcome of all is that she was so honored by that. And that, and you know what, for me, that was as her son, that was as good as I can do it. So how amazing is that? That's incredible. So Dennis, what are you working on right now? I'm in Marietta, Georgia, and the record's done, all that. And it'll be released to all the streaming services. And people don't buy a lot of physical copies now, but I'll have that as well. And I'm also working on a companion lyric book called What Love Makes Us Do that goes back to my first song and comes up to the present. And again, I don't know who cares, but I want my kids and my grandkids to have this. And I want them to know what I was thinking. Like, why did you write that, Pop? I'd like to know. They're going to know. And next year, I'm about about two-thirds done with a book about redefining success. And it'll come out It'll come out next year. So I've got stuff sort of in the hopper along with my day job and being alive, trying to sit and watch TV at night and stuff. I don't do a lot of that. So, yeah. So thank you for asking. How great of a grandpa would he be? Oh, Grandpa, you'd be so much fun. Can you imagine Dennis here just encouraging his grandkids, just these little motivational talks, two-minute excerpts to his kids? Well, I just feel like your grandkids and your kids are just like, I can do anything. Yeah, it's impossible. You've just instilled that into them over years and years and years. Like, There's no quit in them. There's no, I can't do this. I can do this. And I think that's such a gift you've probably given them. Well, thank you. I have four grandchildren. And so, but what's really funny is sometimes I would hear the little redhead and sometimes the little 10 year old too, they'll be in the back porch doing something else. And I'll hear, why not me? Why can't I? And they'll be singing these difficult songs about life and things that are going on. And I, it just cracks me up. It's like, it's like, you don't even know. Anyway, that's my takeaway tonight is that my grandkids are getting encouraged. I don't even think about it. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Well, listeners, for more information about Dennis, you can go to bearticulate.com. You can go to his Facebook page, Dennis Welsh Music, and we will put all these in the show notes. And then also his new CD that we'll be releasing September 1st. You can get it on all the streaming apps. Then the website to actually purchase the CD, we will put that in the show notes as well. So you can get that. But I want to encourage everybody, listen to the words. It is so powerful. It is so timely 
for what this world is going through right now. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I'll tell you what. We are so excited for you. Dennis. Very this excited. Is fantastic. So thank you so much for having a conversation with us here. Well, bless you guys for having me on. It's, it's just a real honor. And I already love you guys. And I want you to come to Austin or I want to come to Ohio. I want to, I want to see you guys. I want to sit across the table from you. We'll work on that. Okay. Oh, so we would love that. I have never been anywhere in Texas. Mm-hmm. So it's about time happen. you fix that. And if you do, Susie and I have a little one story four bedroom house right on by the 11th green on a golf course and has a big back porch and a cooker and all the important aspects of life. And <laughs> You know what? And, a, and a really, a really okay guest room that you that you guys would be welcome to stay in if you came Aww, down. So just think thank you. Oh, yeah. thank you. That would be fantastic. That would be amazing. I could get Kevin some cowboy boots, <laughs> be a big old belt buckle. Yes, it'll be awesome. You might be the only one in the neighborhood with cowboy boots, but you go right ahead. <laughs> Dennis, you weren't supposed to tell him. I could have had him going. No, babe. Like, everyone wears cowboy boots. I could have had him going. Dennis, you so missed my opportunity. I could have just had him. I totally could have played that for him. That would have been amazing. I messed it up for you. You totally did. I'd I'd get off the the airplane with my cowboy hat. Ten gallon. There's a mountain wide and high It reaches halfway to the sky And in my heart I know That I'm supposed to climb All the fears down in my soul Tell me that I might lose control But no matter what they say I'm climbing anyway Cause why not me? Why can't I? I'll never know if I don't try Yeah, I might fail And I might fall But it's just a mountain after all So why not me? There's an ocean deep and blue It stretches out in front of you And on the other side Is everything you dreamed of So say a prayer and then set sail Stay the course and you'll prevail And when the doubts start whispering Just lift your voice Just an ocean, nothing more So why not me? Why not me? Why can't I? I'll never know if I don't try 
Why not me?